Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The 236th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners podcast. We win 54 to 53. North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good. Fred Brown looking. Oh, way to worthy. Worthy five. The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb from straight away! Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here with you guys today as with the basketball season officially over in Chapel Hill, no NCAA tournament for Carolina. And, of course, they declined an invitation to the NIT. We are in full off-season mode here on the podcast. And as I promised you guys, I'm going to get the best guest to come on and talk ACC hoops, primarily Carolina hoops. And I did that today with my good buddy, Josh Graham, you hear him on the afternoons from 3 to 6 on WSJS, and he joined to talk about what was a disastrous season for Carolina and how Huber Davis can get this program back in the right direction starting next season. I am now joined by Josh Graham. You hear him on afternoons from 3 to 6 on WSJS talking ACC sports the NFL, and so much more. Josh, good afternoon, man. How are you doing today? Doing very well. If one Josh isn't good enough, then how about two Joshes today? I, I, I do think we do make up a, a, a great dynamic duo. And one of the things about us is we both like to, to brag whenever we were right. Last year I talked to you in the preseason and I told you, hey, that team had the potential to go to the Final Four, and you kind of laughed at me, and then they went to the Final Four. Albeit not the way that I predicted it, but they still got there nonetheless. Then we go back to this preseason. I bring you back on to remind you about my prediction of last year and that we're not only going to go back to the Final Four, but the Tar Heels are going to go win the national championship. And you, of every guy that I brought on, and I brought on a lot of people that, that cover the ACC, college basketball in general. You were the only guy that, that pushed back on that, on, on that notion. So 
I want to say to you that I, I humble myself before you to tell you that this time you were right, and while I hate everything about you being right, I respect you for being vocal enough and honest enough to tell me back in October you had serious concerns about this Tar Heel team. And here's the thing. I, I think being right this time also proves that it was not unfounded to think last year shouldn't have been a Final Four team either, where really this team wasn't all that different than last year's. Last year's team wasn't all that special except for a month. Like, if you look at the sample size in Roy's last year and the first two for Hubert Davis, the, the, the vast majority of the sample says that this core four is relatively mediocre and relatively might be making that might be in a bit generous. Like it, this, they are mediocre for North Carolina standard where they, they're an eight they're in the eight, nine matchup against Wisconsin and Roy's last year. And, and Hubert's first season, they, they last year were in that eight, nine game too. That's just what they are. Like after a certain point, if somebody's telling you who they are, believe them and don't believe in the small sample sizes like that one month that we saw last year in March. It was exciting. We'll always forget it, but that's not what this team ever was. Let's let's start off by going back to last night when we got the when we got the bracket during the selection show. You, me, and a lot of people around the country were were watching that bracket be unveiled. And when I saw NC State come in safely in the field, same thing with Utah with, with Utah State safely in the field. I felt better about our chances playing in Dayton than I than I originally thought going in, in, into you the show. You went yesterday believing that? No. You yesterday believing they have a shot of getting into the tournament? Initially not, but when I saw NC State safely in the, you know, not in Dayton, when I saw Utah State not in Dayton, I thought Carolina had a chance to find itself in Dayton in a first-four matchup. I'm assuming by your answer you did not. <laughs> no. I I was in that locker room last Wednesday, and that team looked like they were ready to move the bleep on to something else. They were sick of each other. They were sick of seeing us. They were sick of basketball. This team was finished. There was a sense of relief that the season had finished was the sense that I got from those guys. So it's incredible. I'm still incredulous, at, and it's not just you. It's it's a handful of people that came up to me, like even at the ACC tournament, saying, oh, you watch, they're going to find a way to sneak North Carolina in or whatever. I'm like, well, what's the case? I don't get it. And <laughs> I'm still incredulous a day later that Clemson was behind mm. North Carolina when it was all said and done. Oh, Josh, what about head-to-head? I, I've always believed what you did, you know, what 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 are you capable to, capable of doing when you play good competition and Clemson had five really good wins and North Carolina had one this year, one really good win. They had all year long and they just weren't a tournament team. I never really even dignified it yesterday. The idea that they potentially could sneak in because I never believed it after walking out of that locker room on Wednesday night. I want to go to that locker room on 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 Thursday after they lost. Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday night. Thank you. I mean, it, look, it might have been the same on Wednesday after a win. I don't know, 
But, you know, I, I, I follow you on Twitter, so I, I was seeing the things that you were tweeting out and reporting. Another guy, Brendan Marks, uh, a member of the local media here, he was kind of echoing the same thing. I don't want you to break any journalistic bylaws or anything like that, but when you, in your best words, describe that locker room compared to the message that we heard from Hubert Davis from a team that – you know, he was still incredibly proud of in the way that they fought. But then from guys that were in the locker room, there was just, as you said, this sense of relief that this burden of, of playing at Carolina with expectations was off was off your shoulder. So the best way you can, just put that in relative terms because that stood out to me more than losing was the way that guys like you described that locker room after the, the season-ending loss to Virginia. Well, it just – they just were sick of it because it was the same thing that we talked about for the entire season. They were just sick of answering the same question over and over again. Caleb Love, hey, why didn't you score in the first half of this game? Why can't why, what happened between the last game and this game to prevent you from being consistent? Armando Bacot. What's up with post touches? In his case, what's up with the ankle that he was dealing with? Just tired of answering the same stuff. It was groundhog day, game after game after game, to the point where sometimes I wouldn't even go into the Carolina locker room after losses because I already knew what was going to be said. It was no different than what they said a week ago. And that wears on a team. And understandably, again, they were done with this season once they knew that they weren't going to meet expectations to play to try and improve their chances. That isn't to say they didn't try. They tried plenty hard, and they did everything they can to try and remedy many of these problems. But it's important to remember when people blame Hubert Davis for all of this that he's still a new coach, number one, and number two, many of the problems that he couldn't solve, Roy Williams couldn't solve himself which is a big part of the reason why Roy felt he was disconnected from today's athlete and that the time was now for a new voice to reach these players. I, I, I want to follow up with, with Hubert Davis. Um, this is a guy that, and I don't know if I told you this or not, but this is a guy last year in January I fired after back-to-back 20-point losses to Wake Forest in oh. Miami. I, I I did. I, first year coach. I, I know. And losing by losing to Wake Forest in Miami, in my opinion, should never happen, let alone by twenty. So when that happened, I fired him and then you know he retired Coach K once, but uh, not once but twice because he did it in Cameron, then in the final four. And so you you know, I I've I've gotten to this year as as now a pro Hubert guy, and I know you've got it. As well, but he is the Carolina. Pro oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 this is the same guy that made, as you mentioned, Roy Williams retire. Or this is the same core that made Roy Williams retire. I'm not in the business. It doesn't benefit the program if you if, if Huber Davis were to get fired. But how much blame does he deserve for this team falling short of all of its goals that were set of uh, set for them in the preseason? Oh, he still deserves plenty of the blame. Where I mean, he's the head coach. Um, when you look at the Duke, the Duke game is probably the best example of this in Chapelville, where you come so close to winning, and if you would have won that game, you're probably in the field of 64. As crazy as it sounds, field of 68. 
crazy as it sounds, if you win that four overtime game against Alabama, considering how close they ended up being, they're probably in the field. So the margins were very small. But going back to the Duke game, Leaky Black attempted 16 shots, yeah. more shots than anybody else on the team. And at some point, you got to be like, if you're Hubert David, Hubert, for guys to the product that we end up seeing on the floor, who takes shots, who takes how many shots, that should be the doing of the coach. The coach should have control of those types of things. So when that happens and Armando's not getting his, and there's this perception out there that the players, there was no alpha on this team to lead the way and to really slam the iron fist down and get in the face of Caleb Love and tell him what shots are acceptable, what aren't. No, no, no. It's not the player's job to do that. It's the coach's job to coach Caleb Love and to make sure that he's in place. So Hubert is responsible for a lot of that. He's responsible for bringing in Pete Nance and that not being something that I think uh, it's fair to say we all thought that it might be or what it could be. Um, You got Brady Manick right, but he got Dawson Garcia, Justin McCoy, and Pete Nance wrong. And the fact that this team had so little shooting, and once again, players that he recruited were not uh, largely breaking into the rotation and playing large amounts of minutes for this year's team, those are things that you point to Hubert Davis for. Is it enough to think he should be on the hot seat? I still don't think so for what he accomplished in year one. But it's going to be a fascinating summer to see what he does if some of these guys decide they want to return. And Hubert, how he's going to handle that in addition to trying to add more talent on this roster. Not only did Carolina not make the NCAA tournament, they they opted to not participate in the NIT, which has really caused a stir within the Carolina fan base. And publicly, they are being mocked by people that cover college basketball and people that don't cover college basketball, labeling them quitters, cowards, and the like. Do you think, though, it was the right decision for this team, given the way that this season went, to not participate in the NIT? No question. They don't want to play basketball anymore. That's not quitting. Like, quitting is you is having, an, a, at least my definition of quitting is, you are quitting when, or you're, you're electing not to go on when there is a goal worth obtaining in front of you. And North Carolina does not value that goal that would be in front of them by playing in the NIT. They just, they just don't value it. And there are most teams I would poo-poo that for. I would, I would mock the team that turns down the NIT. I mean, even what Cincinnati did apparently I think is worth mocking. Oh, we're trying to get to final fours in the NCAA, not the NIT. Okay, West Miller, how it make an NCAA tournament first before you start talking about expectations for final fours and all that. Oh no. But for North Carolina, you went to you went to a final four last year. And many of these guys were a part of that team and you're preseason number one and all of it. So if there's any team I'm understanding of turning down the NIT, it would be this North Carolina team, and I don't fault them at all. If anybody 
if any of the people mocking it were in that locker room that night, seeing how those players felt and some of the things that were even said about the idea of playing at the NIT, I don't think anybody would think it's a good idea that they would uh, participate. Now, if you want to criticize them for feeling the way that they do, sure, by all means. We're talking with Josh Graham. want to play. Yeah, if a team doesn't want to play, they shouldn't have to. We're talking with Josh Graham. He is the host of The Drive on WSJS. I'm going to ask you an impossible question that I've asked myself, been asked by other people, and I've asked other guests I've brought on because I don't know if there's a correct answer to the question. Um, Assuming that Caleb Love's career at Carolina has come to an end, he has deleted his Twitter account and he has removed anything UNC-related from his Instagram, if, if his time as a Tar Heel has come to a close, how would you best describe his legacy in Chapel Hill? He's Austin Rivers for North Carolina. That's who he is. Same player, hit a shot in the rivalry that he's going to be remembered for, and his career ends with a thud in Greensboro. For Austin Rivers, he lost in a two fifteen game in the Coliseum. Caleb Love... Didn't make the NCAA tournament. Last game he plays as a Tar Heel in this hypothetical is against Virginia in the Greensboro Coliseum. They're they're the same type of player, and as bad of a taste as Carolina fans have right now, I guarantee you Duke fans didn't have a great taste in their mouth 11 years ago when they lose in the first round and losing to a 15 seed more specifically. Um, When Austin Rivers is thought of today, when people bring up his name, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, he hit that shot against North Carolina. It's not Lehigh. And I have a feeling that 10 years from now, when Caleb Love is remembered, it's not going to be, oh, he didn't make the NCAA tournament his last year in Chapel Hill. It's going to be, oh, that's the guy that ended Coach K by hitting the three at the top of the key across Mark Williams um, in New Orleans. That's how he's going to be remembered. It's a tricky legacy, but... That's how I think Caleb Love is going to go down in Tar Heel lore. A couple more questions for you, Josh, and I'll get you. You, when I'll get you out of here. When you look at the current roster, guys like R.J. Davis has a COVID year he could exercise to come back and play next year. R.J. Davis theoretically still has two more years he could use uh, to either play at Carolina or elsewhere collegiately. When you look at the guys that are able to return to the program. What player should Hubert Davis open his arms and welcome back into the program for what's going to be a very important 2023-24 season for his tenure as Carolina's head coach? Uh, Out of the core four, Armando and RJ, if they want to come back, welcome them back. They're a great player. They're all all ACC caliber players. If they want back, you should welcome them back. Caleb Love is where I would draw the line. I don't think that, and that's a very, very difficult conversation if he wants to come back, that I'd be interested to see if Hubert Davis is willing to have with the player. It's kind of like breaking up with somebody where Hubert Davis has to do the whole, it's not you, it's me, it's me routine where it's like, it's best for you that you probably move on somewhere else. And what would be interesting is, if Caleb's not welcome back to Chapel Hill, would he pursue a pro career or would he decide to try and transfer somewhere else in college basketball? I don't know. 
we'll keep an eye on that. Then among the guys that are not in the starting five, you there's a lot of promise in Jalen Washington. You'd obviously want him back. Seth Tremble. Um, we we didn't get a chance to see Will Shaver dealing with injuries, so he's part of the program. Puff Johnson, you'd want to have him back. Really, you'd want to have everybody back, not named Caleb Love, as far as I see it. And if you lose pieces like a Dontrez Styles or it's a Marco Dunn, I don't think it hurts you all that much. Either way, whether they come back or if they decide to leave. The last question I have for you is, we knew upon Hubert Davis getting hired that after this season came to an end, the program would have to be kind of overhauled and, and really more rebuilt in his image as the guys that Roy Williams had brought in would be exiting from the program. And now that time is here, and in his two years, he's taking, he's taken the program to the brink of the national championship, and then he's missed the NCAA tournament altogether. What does Hubert Davis have to do this offseason to ensure that the Tar Heels aren't even national title contenders next year, but are NC or, or but but are best suited to return to the NCAA tournament? Because as you mentioned, year one they were a bubble team up until the very end, and this year they missed the big dance altogether. Adding some shooting, I don't think that there's enough shooting on this roster. Um, you had efficient shooting in Caleb Love, Seth Trimble might be able to bring some of that. You hope that he can maybe take a step in those regards. Uh, Tyler Nickel, the same way. If you ask me, like on North Carolina, other than R.J. Davis, who's the shooter that you rely on most if Caleb's not around, the answer might be Tyler Nickel, and if that is the answer, then that's not a great situation. Same thing if the answer is Puff Johnson to that. So, they got to find some shooting in the portal. And Hubert is capable of that. He found Brady Manick, after all. But he's had those misses that we mentioned, too, of McCoy and Dawson Garcia. And now with Pete Nance, who is going to be remembered as a miss, even though he wasn't that bad of a player, he just wasn't as impactful as we thought he would be on a team with this type of expectation behind him. So that's what Hubert needs to do. He needs to find some shooting, and that's probably going to have to come in the portal. He is Josh Graham. He is the host of the Afternoon Drive on WSJS. Josh, I want to thank you once again for your time. Keep killing it up in your neck of the woods, and I'll bring you on sometime later this offseason to talk some uh, Carolina and maybe some ACC hoops, okay, man? Sounds good, Josh. Thank you. There you go, guys. That is Josh Graham, as I mentioned. He is the voice of the drive on WSJS. Well, with that, guys, we are going to take a quick break. We'll get you the latest message offer we have from DraftKings. And when we come back, I'll wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is officially here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and round two of the tournament. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend, 
If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So whether you want to bet on the upsets, the 215s, the 314s, the the 512s, or you just want to go all chalk, you can do all that with the no sweat bet feature at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly with that promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all the great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. That is going to wrap up this edition of the show, but we do encourage you guys to visit the website. That's HeelToughBlog.com where we'll have all offseason coverage for Carolina basketball as players enter the portal. Carolina goes and finds guys in the portal uh, whatever news comes out from the program this offseason, we will have you covered on the basketball side of things. As for football, uh, there is spring break this week, so no practice for the for the Tar Heels. But Anthony will keep you posted on everything that's coming out from the football side of things as well. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage, we do encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But more importantly, guys, we want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the rem- or throughout this basketball offseason. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Josh Graham for joining me once again today. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.